Well, if you will, open your Bibles to uh, Proverbs chapter 4 is where we'll be spending most of our time today, but we're going to be pretty scripture heavy as we get into the introduction today. Now, in case you've been absent for the last five weeks, we've been doing a series of um, sermons called Renew Your Mind. Okay, hence the t-shirt. Remember we talked about that? So you'll have your opportunity to get your own here, um, here before too long. But however, we'll talk about that later. But the thing about it is, I want us to really engage in this message of renewing your mind. As a brief recap, renewing your mind is doing what? What's, a, what's, a one, of, what's the, one of the two things? It's guarding your mind, right? And then inputting good in it. It's removing the bad and then replacing it with something good, which is from the Word of God, those things that we find in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. We want to, you know, push out the negative messages that we get. We want to replace that with what God's Word is in our heart. And when we decide to do that, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, is very clear that a transformation will take place. And that transformation from the old man to the new man, that new man being transformed daily into being more and more like Jesus Christ, the transformation happens when we do what? We renew our mind, that we can find what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God in our lives. So renewing our mind is foundational to the Christian life. In order to grow spiritually, it requires us to do what? Renew our mind. And renewing our mind is growing spiritually. And when we grow spiritually, also renewing our mind also gives us the benefit of, of, um, of being prepared for the battle that goes in our mind, which is, were y'all here this Sunday? Temptation, right? Because remember, the, te- the place where temptation takes place is not in the behavior or our actions, but temptation takes place within our minds, and whichever side plays out is what is manifested in our behavior, so renewing your mind gives you the ability to, um, to take God's word and apply it to those things that you may be considering, knowing that they're sinful, but it really builds you up in order and puts you in a position where you can face that battle whenever you understand who the tempter is, what temptation is, expose the lie that Satan is telling you by the truth of the word of God, and you're better, and you're, and you're better fit for that battle. And you can really battle temptation when you renew your mind. Also, whenever last week we, we talked about is that when we as individual children of God really get serious about this transformation process and renewing our minds, a byproduct of that is God's people will be unified. God's people throughout worldwide, the whole entire body of Christ is not unified. There's many big things, big topics that are in the, that are, um, that are, that are going on today that people are just completely divided about, and it's even within the church. But if we all really renewed our minds, according to the very word of God, you would have unity. So whenever there is a division, or whenever there is a, not a confrontation necessarily, but a contradiction between two views, what needs to happen? Somebody needs to renew their mind. Because remember, both of them can't be right. One's wrong, one's right, or they're both wrong, and you both need to go renew your mind. So whenever it comes to this, there's a lot of benefits and a lot of these things are grounded whenever and, and, and learned and understood whenever we renew our minds by putting the very word of, our, word of God into in front of us, reading it, digesting it, getting understanding, we, are, we become transformed and we gain all of these benefits. Now what we're going to be talking about today is uh, renewing your mind brings about a blank screen. All right, that's it. 
All right. I have, I have nothing for you. Let's see if we got another one. It's almost there. Okay. Yeah. Am I fighting you? All right. There we go. So renewing your mind brings First Baptist Church. There we go. Okay. Renewing your mind brings peace of mind. How many of you desire peace of mind? How many of you live with stress, anxiety, worry, not knowing what to do, where to go, what to say? And we struggle with this issue. But I want you to understand as we become transformed into the likeness of who Jesus Christ is, we can gain a peace of mind. And there's a lot that Scripture has to say about this. We won't be able to go through every bit of it. But there's several different Scriptures that I want to read to you. I say several, about four or five. They really kind of address this issue about peace and your mind. The first one is Romans chapter 8, verses 5 and 6. It says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So, being spiritually minded is linked to having life and peace. Jump over to Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. It says, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Okay, you can memorize all you want to about in the Word of God about who God is, but until you actually exercise that trust and really believe what it says, that's whenever the peace, the peace of God comes over you. But you must trust in Him. In Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5, this is a very familiar verse. I'm sure a lot of us have this one memorized. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. I believe a lot of us, if we just knew where we were going, that would release a lot, of, a lot of anxiety from us or stress. If we had an idea of where our purpose was. It says, if you acknowledge him in all of your ways and he will direct your paths, do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from him. When it comes to renewing your mind, if we just really boil it down to the very basics, it's really gathering knowledge understanding, and wisdom. And we use those things in order to make the decisions of our lives on a day-to-day basis. We gain knowledge and understanding, and through that wisdom and experience, we actually live it out in our lives. But renewing our minds really requires us to gain knowledge. And Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7 tells us this. Blank screen. Am I hitting the button that says blank screen? So it's my fault. Uh, there we go. Yeah, we need to go backwards. There we go. We're going to figure this out. It'll be good. All right, Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom. You ever thought about this? How do you know that you know what you know? You know, it's been said that we, don't know, we know less than 1% of 1% of anything. Think about the vast amount of information that's across our universe that we don't know. Is it possible that some of the knowledge that's out there contradicts what we already believe? Is that a possibility? Yeah, it is. So do you really know anything? 
Oh, wow. I want you to understand and know. The only way that you can know that you know something is to know someone who knows everything and can reveal the truth to you, which we have that in our, in our God, our Creator, the one who does know everything and the one who can reveal truth to you through natural revelation or through the Word of God. He can reveal truth to you, and the fact that we know someone who knows everything who can reveal us something we do know for sure it will give you intellectual constipation if you think about it long enough. But however, truth can be known, and the fear of the Lord is the very beginning of knowledge. And there's a, lot of, there's a lot of ways that we can kind of just go into this, but the understanding that God is the source of all knowledge and truth. And if you want to know knowledge and truth, you have to understand the fear of the Lord must come over you and recognizing who he is and that he is there and that there is a source of this information. There's a source of knowledge and that is in God. It says, but fools despise wisdom. But knowledge and understanding and wisdom... Having this knowledge and understanding of who God is and, and, and allowing God to make you wise can bring you a peace of mind. Now, let's look what Peter said in uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, and verse 2 and 3. Now, understand who Peter is writing to. Peter is writing to Christians in a time where it's not popular to be Christians. The church is underground. The church is on the run. There's still, there's still people hunting them down. If they find them, they'll either kill them or, dismiss, or, or, or displace them. So things are not really looking good for the conditions for Christians. But what, is, what does Peter say? He says, grace and peace be multiplied to you. Can you, can you imagine somebody writing you that in the, in the situation in which they were in? He said, grace and peace be multiplied to you. How? In the What? Knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord. And his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. And really think about this verse for a moment. Grace and peace be multiplied to you, what? Through the knowledge of him. Guys, I want you to understand, just point blank before we go into all of this, if you really have a proper perspective of who God is and you truly realize the fact that you have a relationship with him and he calls you his son or daughter, we have reason to have grace and peace. I mean, we really do. I mean, if we are really a child of the greatest, most high, the creator of all things, the one who, who, who attains all knowledge, who's got all power, is completely limitless, and who is willing to not withhold anything good as long as we're obedient to him, then what really should be able to rock our boats? I mean, that's just kind of easily said but in, in point blank, but that's true. I mean, if we have the proper perspective of who God is and the knowledge that we can gain of God and, our, and Jesus Christ our Lord, but also all the answers to life are given to us. It says, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life, which is all the things that we stress about anyway, right? To life and godliness through the knowledge of him. So we can gain all things that pertain to life and godliness by knowledge through him or knowledge of him. So now, it'll, now we're going to jump over to Proverbs chapter 4. We're really going to get into this. So renewing our minds causes us to attain knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. 
we attain those things. And what I want us to understand today is that understanding and knowing these things, the knowledge, understanding, and wisdom will bring about a peace of mind. Because this wisdom, this knowledge, this understanding will eliminate a lot of fear. Starting in uh, Proverbs chapter 4, in verse 1, let's see where are we here? Okay. It says, Hear, my child, the instruction of a father. This is Solomon speaking to his child about what his, his dad David had told him and taught him. You'll see the transitions here also in verse 10 where he then transitions and says, Now listen to what I'm going to tell you. He says, Hear, my child, the instruction of a father and give attention to no understanding. Hear my instructions. This is what my dad told me. And I've learned through understanding and wisdom that this is really good information. It says, give attention to no understanding. And as a child of God, it takes a little bit more than just kind of reading the word of God and then just kind of just taking it in stroll and just kind of hearing things. But we want an understanding of it. We want to study and dive deep into what the word of God has to tell us. So we need to give attention to no understanding. Verse 2, it says, for I give you good doctrine. He says, look, this is, this is the one thing I really want you to pay attention to, get understanding of it, because it is good. The word of God is good. He says, for I give to you good doctrine, do not forsake my law. Verse 3, it says, when I was my father's son, as if there was ever a time that he wasn't, right? It says, when I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, let your heart Retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. In verse 5, he says, get wisdom, get understanding. Do you, do you, do you see the, the, um, the theme of this proverb here? He's really putting an emphasis on actually learning, gaining understanding, gaining wisdom. He says, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. Verse 7, he says, wisdom is the principal thing. What does he mean by principal thing? The foundational thing. It is supreme, is what he is saying. Now, Solomon was known to be what? A pretty smart guy, right? And he's telling us wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all of your getting, get under." Standing In gaining wisdom, a renewed mind will bring you knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. And renewing your mind will bring about a peace of mind because of these five things that we'll see in, the, in, this, in this short proverb. A, renew, a renewed mind will bring you about a peace of mind because, one, it preserves your life. It preserves your life. Look in verse 4. It says, He also told me and said to me, let your, it says, let your heart retain my words and keep my commandments and live. Also in verse 6, it says, Do not forsake her, speaking of wisdom, and she will preserve you. Verse 10, Hear my son and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. Who do you think survives longer? Wise people or foolish people? For the most part, wisdom is a better way of life. 
But he also, it's, uh, and also in verse 10, he's saying, look, hear my, hear my son and receive my sayings and the years of your life will be made many. It's like he's quoting the very first commandment with promise, which is what? Y'all need to know this one down here especially. You know what that is? The first commandment with promise? Obey your mom and dad. Do you know what the promise is? You'll live longer, right? You'll live longer when you obey the commandments uh, and you obey your parents. Pushing through to verse 13, he says, take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her for she is your life. And finally, in this, in this chapter, verse 22, it says, for they are life to those who find it and health to their flesh. Whenever it comes to living a wise life, it's probably a little bit easier to, to, to describe maybe not necessarily a wise wife, Okay, a wise wife. I do have one of those. A wise life is actually, we could actually ask the question, have you ever known someone to live their life in an unwise manner? Yeah. You can see that all over the place. But if we, are actually, if we actually take the knowledge of what we understand from the Word of God and live our lives accordingly, listen to, the, listen to the promises that we have. We have extended life. We have extended years. There'd be a lot of things that, that we would not be susceptible to because we would actually withdraw ourselves from certain types of behaviors that causes the spread of different, of different, um, uh, of different conditions. You know, we would find ourselves to be at peace with most people and at, at peace with one another, and we would actually live longer. It will preserve your life if you follow the wisdom that is within this book. Again, Romans chapter 8 and verse 6, as we quoted earlier, the spiritually minded is life and peace. In Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 10, it says, when wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you and understanding will keep you. And we'll get back to this um, um, here in just a few minutes. But I want to go on to the next one. So the first, the first uh, benefit, the first stage of peace of mind is that it's going to preserve your life. How many of you understood if you lived according to this book and your life was going to be preserved, would that relieve you of a little bit of stress? Nobody? <laughs> okay. But the truth of the matter is, is if, if there's a way for me to extend my life, if there's an, a, a way for me to improve the quality of my life, and I've got an instruction booklet full of, full of it here. I should grab a hold of that. And if I really believe that what it's saying is true, then that should relieve this part of anxiety from me. My life will be preserved. All right. Secondly, it will promote you. We won't spend a whole lot on this. But it will promote you. Let's look at verse 8. In Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 8, it says, Exalt her and she will promote you. Speaking of wisdom, he's, he's using her and she as the pronoun for wisdom. Exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place, a, place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory. She will deliver you. That's what wisdom will do. Knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. It'll bring you to honor. It'll give you the confidence of others. It will... It will elevate you to offices and of trust. These are some of the, some of the rewards that we can get that whenever wisdom is um, actually exercised, it will repay us who esteem wisdom at high regard. An ornament of grace and a crown of glory, wisdom will bring you to a place of true dignity. 
When you become wise, then you have the ability to be wise, right? But until you become wise, most likely we will live as fools, right? So being wise will promote you as well. Thirdly, renewing your mind will bring about a peace of mind because it prepares and protects you. Wisdom prepares and protects you. It prepares you, um, according to verse 12, it says, when you walk, your steps will not be hindered. When you run, you will not stumble. So it prepares you for the walk, but also protects you during it. It prepares you because you'll have all the answers before the problem or the issues actually arise. You'll know the solution to the problem before it becomes a problem, before it happens, and it'll give you peace of mind. Have you ever been in a situation where an issue happened and you had no idea how to fix it? But the person who did know how to fix it, to them it was no big deal. Anybody ever been in a situation like that? Getting a flat tire on the highway and not knowing how to change a flat tire is a big deal, right? But how much peace of mind can you gain by learning how to change your flat tire? Yeah. So whenever you get a flat tire, okay, it's not that big a deal, right? Because wisdom allows you to be able to apply that to certain circumstances in your lives. So therefore, whenever the issue happens, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, same thing in our Christian life. If, if we have the answers of what God's Word has, and we've, we've hidden God's Word in our hearts, and we've really guarded our hearts, so whenever the issue arises, we are already prepared, and we know where God is going to direct us during these certain times. It's because we have gained the knowledge and understanding and the wisdom of God's Word, so whenever the world hits us, we're not totally blindsided about it. We're like, okay, well, yeah, this is not really great that this has happened, but however, I've got the answer here, and this is how we deal with it. So it will prepare you for this life. It'll prepare you for your walk in this world um, whenever we gain knowledge. So whenever you can gain that wisdom and you gain that knowledge, you will gain a peace of mind because you're already one step ahead of whatever you're going to be hit with. Because what, what happens to us a lot of times? When do we try to gain the wisdom concerning that situation? After we're already right in the middle of it, Right? And we're already stressed out way beyond what we could even imagine. And then we're trying, in that condition, to try to find the answers. When, when, um, when the truth about it is, we've had the answer in our hands our entire lives for most of us. And we've failed to really get into it and gain that knowledge and understanding and wisdom. But however, it will prepare you for this life. It will prepare you for the answers and the troubles that will come. But also, it will protect you. In Proverbs chapter 1... In verse 27, it tells us this. It kind of gives a description of both sides here, of whether or not, whether we're gaining our wisdom beforehand and actually making it a, making it a, um, uh, making it a decision for our day-to-day -day lives to be transformed into the likeness of Christ by renewing our minds versus someone who is out, who is out, in, the, out in the world just kind of living their lives the way they want to and then actually their world comes down on them. It gives two different um, scenarios here with two different results. In Proverbs chapter 1, starting in verse 27. It says, When your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. I've been there before. 
It says, then they will call on me. It says, notice it says, then they will call on me after the distress and the anguish is upon them, after their world has caved in on top of them. It says, then they call upon me. It says, but I will not answer. So they will seek me diligently, but they will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. It says, they would not have any of my counsel and despised my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. That's just a really fancy way of saying that you're going to have to live through the consequences of your own actions. If you really think about that. A lot of times what we do is we, we tend to you know, put God on the back burner whenever these times come and then our, our, our whole world comes caving in. And then at that time, we want to run to God and say, God, where are you? Why, where, why are you letting this happen? Where are you at during this? I thought you would never leave me, nor forsake me. He says, look, I said, I've, I've been in the same place this entire time. You know, you could, have been, you could have drawn close to me at any time you wanted to, but you despised this knowledge. You hated the knowledge. You didn't choose to fear the Lord, your God. And I'm sorry, but the consequences for your own actions are exactly what I'm saying. They're yours. Now, I'm not, now, God can restore. God can forgive and restore, but a lot of times we have to live with the consequences of our actions. And it's because, we've, and it's because we had we've not gained the wisdom and the knowledge and understanding of God's word in order to choose to do what is right according to his word to not get into position that this person here is in. Now, I'm not going to say that living a life following Christ is going to be, you know, all sunshine and rainbows because we live in a fallen world. A lot of times it will bring you to a storm in your life. A lot of times it will, you will get beat up and beat down. But the difference is, is that when you call up him, on him, he's already there with you. He's there because you have continued that fellowship and renewing your mind, being transformed into his likeness, and you are ready for whenever that happens. You are prepared for that fight. You're prepared for that battle, and therefore you can come through it. But whenever we have an understanding, we have to under, have an understanding of this. When it comes to consequences for your own behavior, that's yours. Does that make sense? When it comes to consequences for your behavior, that's yours. But whenever Christ leads you into a rocky boat or a storm, that's his. And that's why we can get through those things whenever whenever we come to them because we're walking with Christ to those things and we walk through them with him as well but when we choose to go our own way and do our own thing outside of the will of God and do our own thing that's when those consequences belong to you does that make sense yeah so we need to make sure we have an understanding whenever the rocky boats come to our lives, it's going to come whether we're saved or whether we're following Christ closely or we're going off on our own way. But you have to understand one has prepared you to get through it. One, you're going to have to do some repentance and actually struggle to get through it. But God will restore when we ask him. It says, for the turning, of the way, so the turning away of the simple will slay them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. And now you get the flip side of that. It says, but whoever will listen will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Now, there's two different scenarios here. I'm sure I would rather take the second one here. I want the second one. 
I want to listen. I want to listen to him. That way I can dwell safely and securely without fear. We're going to go through this life. We're going to have ups and downs. We're going to have tough times. But however, if I am in a position where I'm listening to him, I know that even though the world around me may be caving in on me, I'm still safe, I'm still secure, and I have no reason to fear because I've listened to my Lord. I've gained his wisdom and knowledge and understanding, and I am prepared, and I'm going to be protected when those times come. Number four. In verse 26, it tells us this. It says, ponder the path of your feet. Gaining knowledge and understanding and wisdom will also give you the ability and also God will point out your path. You'll understand your purpose. He'll be able to speak to your hearts clearly whenever you're in, good, in close fellowship with him. He will make your paths known to you. There's a, there's a contrast in the two different paths of the righteous and the wicked in verses 14 through 19. Let's read through that real quick. So starting in verse 14, it says, Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they do not sleep unless they have done evil, and their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines even brighter unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. The way of the just is a bright path. And the further you go down that path, the brighter and brighter it gets until you reach eternity, which is the ultimate brightness. The dark path continues to get darker and darker the longer you go on it. And listen to what it says in verse 19. It says, the way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. They don't know it. How many of y'all have known someone or experienced it yourselves? But you know someone, they, they keep tripping up in life and they just don't have any understanding of why everything is going wrong. But you can sit here on, on the outside and look, well, you're doing a lot of foolish things. There's a lot of people out there that are just like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. But it's so obvious to those who actually have the wisdom and knowledge of what the Word of God says. They say, well, look, if you would just follow the instruction book of the Word of God, you, won't be able to, you shouldn't be suffering from these things. But it says here, those who walk on the path of darkness, they don't even know what they're stumbling on because it's a dark path. They don't, they don't have the light with them to expose the things around them in order to keep them from stumbling. Back in verse 12, it says, when you walk, your steps, it says, when you walk, your steps will not be hindered, and when you run, you will not stumble because you're enlightened. You know the truth. You've exposed those things that are out there that are trying to trip you, and you're prepared for it. But it will point you to your path. And a lot of us struggle with what the will of God is for us in our lives. But, but in order to gain wisdom and understanding and truth from the Word of God that will point us to our path, if you knew the direction in which you were heading, how many of you would that relieve a little bit of stress and anxiety in your life? Yeah, probably a lot of us. If we just knew what our next step was, you know, it would be, okay, I can go that step. But it will not happen if we don't renew our minds, if we don't gain the wisdom and understanding and a close relationship with Jesus Christ 
we can't expect those paths to be pointed out. And in Proverbs chapter, um, chapter 3, in verse 6, it says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. You need, we need to acknowledge him first, and he will direct our paths. A lot of times we try to live this life aside from what God's word says on our own thoughts, on our own desires, on what we think might be right without actually acknowledging him. And what happens is, according to verse 7, chapter 3 and verse 7, uh, Solomon gives the warning here, Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. We don't need to lead on to our own understanding, but I want the understanding from the God who understands everything, who knows everything. And though what the Word of God may tell me to do may seem to be, may go against my desires and what my first reaction might be, but I need to rest and trust in the Word of God to live it out so I can, so, uh, so I can, um, so I can lean on His understanding because He attains all knowledge, He knows what's going on, and I can trust Him for the results. It says when we do that and we acknowledge Him in all of our ways, He will direct our paths. So this wisdom will alleviate and give you peace of mind because you're going to know where you're going. Your purpose will be made known to you. In Proverbs 16, chapter 3, it says, Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Your thoughts will be established when you make that commitment to work for the Lord. It says, The Lord has made, him, made, the Lord has made all for himself. In other words, the Lord has made everything for his purpose. Yes, even the wicked for the day of their doom. A renewed mind will bring about a peace of mind because it will point out your path. And lastly, a renewed mind will bring a peace of mind because it positions you in the very presence of Almighty God. You will be in the presence of all the Almighty God. In Philippians chapter 4, we're going to be we're revisiting this as we have the past few weeks. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, it plainly says, Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the God of peace, which suppresses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Very familiar verse, but listen to the truth of that. If we really truly grasp what that is, be anxious for nothing. Have peace of mind. Get, like in everything, pray, give prayer by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. When we make our requests known to God, understanding if we live a righteous life before him, he will withhold no good thing from those who walk uprightly. We make that request known to the one who can do anything and all things. We should be at peace at that fact, at that point, knowing that he's in control. Make it known to the one who can, who can, um, who can do something about it and then let it rest there. It says, And the God of peace which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. And then he goes on, he lists these different things upon which we should meditate on. I mean, we'll go into that um, uh, too much, but he says those things that are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, those things that are a good rapport. If there's any virtue or anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. 
Okay, so he's asking for an action here on our parts. To the, to the church of Philippi, Paul is saying, look, the things that you've learned, the things that you've received, the things that you've heard, the things that you saw in me, these do. He's requiring an action on their part and the result of it, and the God of peace will be with you. Do we really truly believe that we, very, that we have the very presence of God that lives with us on a day-to-day basis when we, when we walk in, in, in purpose of his will, when we're following and being obedient to his word? The God of peace will be with you when we do those things. And finally, in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, in verse 11, it says this, Finally, brethren, farewell. Become complete. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Do you want a peace of mind? Do you want that ease and then really rest in who God is? Understand who he is. Renew your mind to bring about that knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Renew your mind with the very word of God that will give you those things. And renewing your mind, it will bring you about a peace because it will preserve your life. It will promote you. It will prepare you and protect you. It will point your path and will also invite you into the very presence of an almighty God who cares deeply for you. If you've really understood these things, I mean, believing that we have these things here, when we become more and more like Christ, how many fears are alleviated? How many? All of them? Should all of them be alleviated? They should, yes. We, all, of our fears, all of our fears should be gone. And we'll close with one more verse. I know I've been, I've been scripture heavy. I've had you going all over the place, but this is one that just kind of came to mind as we were singing earlier. And it's found in Romans chapter 16 and verse 19. There's a really cool song that goes with this. It's called Romans 16, 19. Y'all look it up. It's really good. It says, for your, it says, for your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I am glad on your behalf. But I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ will be with you. Renew your mind and gain an incredible peace of mind. Let's stand. Let's have a word of invitation. Father, again, we want to thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for your, your counsel, Father, and the sacrifice and the energy you're willing to place in us. But, Father, may we just sit back for a moment and just realize what we have in you. The peace that we can gain just by understanding more and more about who you are and what you're capable of doing and understanding how much you love us and how much you desire to give us the victories in our lives. Father, I pray there's someone who struggles with fear and anxiety this morning that they will be released from that knowing who you are. And Father, I pray that we all will renew our minds and be completely and totally transformed into Christ's likeness. Well, we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.